Hello and welcome back to the Speed Demons Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie. And I'm your host, Evan. Today we're going to be talking about one of the most infamous car manufacturers of all time. Yeah, I Charlie, I think, actually put it best. What's that quote that you said once about when a kid drives, draws a car? I actually have it written down here. Uh, Enzo Ferrari himself said, ask a child to draw a car, and certainly he will draw it red. And that's just so profound because it's true. Yeah, it really is. I mean, when you're a little kid doodling at the IHOP with your crayons, your dad tells you to draw a race car, you're picking up the red one. Yeah, you're drawing a Ferrari. You don't know why. It's it's but instinctual. It's, it's second nature. Yeah, sort of like how some animals just like get out in the womb and they're like walking and stuff. But <laughs> that that's sort of that's sort of how it is. When it's you the baby fly. deer of auto manufacturers. I feel like they consider themselves more of a stallion, but I, well, but, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, but, but the story starts with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Enzo Ferrari, a true god of automotive engineering. Of course, uh, but it's not as simple. He wasn't always this godlike figure. Why so? Well, he was born February 18th. Well, because his birth certificate said February 20th, but supposedly his family said that there was a snowstorm the week of his birth, so they couldn't make it to the hospital in time. That sounds like that sounds like the end of Ferrari story. Right. So he was supposedly he was really born on the 18th, mm-hmm. but when it was cross-referenced the weather data of that week and the period of history, there was no stor- snowstorm. Well, what happened there? And uh, so everyone's like not really sure when Ferrari was born, but it was somewhere in February. But we certainly know the year, 1898. 1898, practically the turn of the century. Yeah. And he was born in a little town called Modena, Italy. Yeah. And it, it, which is not a big town, but it, it was fairly industrialized compared to most of Italy. Because most of Italy was like agricultural. Mm-hmm. Um, his family... Most importantly, his father, Alfredo, much like the sauce. <laughs> I think he was named that because his skin was so white and creamy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's Italian. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> and, if he was Irish, maybe this would fly. Yeah, Irish cream would have been better. Uh, and then he had a brother named Dino, who was practically his best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his father, Alfred, owned a machine shop in Italy which they, they worked on almost anything that they could find because there was such a little demand for machinists back then because it was pretty much before the Industrial Revolution in Italy. So they were struggling to find work. So uh, Enzo came from a not-so-wealthy family. Uh, sadly, in the early 1900s, we had a little thing called World War One. Yeah. Yeah. That was a rough one. Yeah. Germany is just... It's their, it's their beginning, man. Yeah. Talk no. about some good history, right? Man, we were so good. We were, we were, we were good for like there was a good moment in history. We were like the Germany was the economic power. So now, what is this we? So what were you saying about Enzo Ferrari? Again? Okay, so um, Enzo Ferrari, uh, World War One happens, and uh, within the span of a year of World War One kind of ending, both uh, Enzo's father and his brother pass away, and this hurts him very deeply so much so that when he has his first kid he names him alfredo after his father mm-hmm. but never really calls him alfredo he calls him dino for short or yeah. alfredino <laughs> so his son is named after his father who is nicknamed after his brother and italians are weird with names yes okay yeah so his son, Dean, or his son Dino, uh, later passed away because he was born with a thing called muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is just a terrible condition to have. Yeah, I think it was at like uh, 24 is what I have written. Very young age, yes. Yeah. Uh, but Dino, his son, really loved to help Ferrari with those early beginnings in the auto industry. Yeah. He was trying to help him develop the best engines, the best chassis. Uh, and this is why Ferrari's first V6 engine was named the Dino in yeah. his memory. Mm-hmm. And that was in 1956, so that was much later in history. Yeah. But uh, Dino also be- was used as a term to define the types of cars that Ferrari was going to make. Basically, their morales for what a car should be. It should be real, real drive. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say morales? Yeah, their morales, their values. morals? No, morale, like happiness. I think you mean like morals like what 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 they follow what they define well i think morales is the mm. plural or a version of it you say morals that's the plural it's... morals yeah i heard yanny <laughs> <laughs> bro I, I feel like that joke is so old that some of our audience it is it's like, like six years old or something yeah, isn't oh my it? god we are we are we're... i don't i don't know how old it is it's 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 been a long time it's been a while that's like two years past vine age so yeah. 2016 2018 <sighs> doing some weird zoomer math <laughs> so it's like what five years ago then <laughs> yeah maybe give or take okay so these dino cars were pretty much made from 1957 to 1976 mid-engine platforms rear-wheel drive that's what a ferrari was supposed to be mm-hmm. in the eyes of enzo so going back to Enzo's early childhood, after World War One, Enzo starts getting into racing. He wanted to be a race car driver, but he really didn't have the opportunities at the time. So instead of being acquired as a race car driver, he was acquired as a mechanic for this really small team in Italy, which has a very, uh, shall I say, bad name. And what might this one be? It is Construzione Meccaniche Nazaro. Mm-hmm. Or CMN for short, which I will not refer to it as the long name. Okay. So CMN makes these, to put it lightly, bad cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't really win anything. That's why I had to look up a physical book copy to find out the actual name. Because online resources just like list it as small car company. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't even know the name. They don't bother to look. <laughs> but I found the name. And these CMNs, bad cars, but it was cheap enough for Enzo to buy one to get into racing. So his first car was a CMN, Hmm. but it was a lemon. It only made like 58 horsepower. The steering was sloppy. It was outdated even for the time when he was racing. But Enzo, being a great race car driver, still performed as best as he could. I think he placed like fifth place or second place in most of his races, mm-hmm. driving a bad car. That's pretty great. So his racing talents got recognized very early on in his career, and that's why he was signed with Alfa Romeo. That's a big dog at the time. Alfa Romeo was... I don't know if they were top dogs at the time. They were, they were, they were getting to their peak. Alfa Romeo kind of peaked in the mid-30s when they had the... the oh, no, I'm thinking of Maserati. Doi. Mm. But they peaked on, uh, They peaked in the, like mid 20s ish or like late 20s they had these um really really sleek models that were really competitive right i'm forgetting the name of it right now that's all right but that's because i didn't do research well before uh they he got upgraded to these alpha cars enzo did a little upgrading himself he bought one of the cars that you're very familiar with the isotto Fraschini tipo im 
Really? The I am I'm actually not familiar with, but the Azota Frascini. I love the Azota Frascini. I believe the car was in 1912. Oh, wow. That's an old one. The very old one. I think it was, I don't even know, that's probably close to the company's beginnings. Yeah. Well, Azota Frascini started, like, I think maybe, like, 10, 8 years before. So yeah, like, so it, like 1900-ish. It, yeah, but uh, that, that's kind of curious because Zoda Frascini was never really known for making the fastest cars out there but at the, all. The thing is, it made 100 more horsepower than that CMN that he, he was driving before. Wow. So there, he put himself in like an actual competitor. And you know it was a real competitor because, speaking of which, uh, Alfieri Maserati drove the same car at the time. Well, I'll... Well, what do you know? Ma- I mean, Maserati is a great brand, especially at the time they were. Pretty, at the they time, were, they were pretty good. Yeah, you know, when they their early beginnings, I would argue that like past the nineties, they really stopped being a competitor. Yeah, I'd say that's a very fair assumption. Yeah, they always just seemed like the second best Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I think they've kind of no, always... even like Lamborghini was that. I think they're yeah. third best. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I, I don't. Know. I used to be more of a Lamborghini guy. I think as I mature, I start to respect Ferrari more. Yeah, that's kind of how the that's kind of always the natural progression of things. You you don't see the old guys driving the Lamborghinis. You see the old guys driving the Ferraris and the young kids driving the Lamborghinis. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I don't know if it's just a generational thing too, because like Ferraris aren't in rap videos. No one's talking about Ferraris as much as they do Lambos. But their sales are still up. There some some years are be- are worse than others, but their sales are like still going up. Ferrari or Lambo? Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. I yeah. think I would think Lamborghini's sales, actually, I feel like they're starting to see a decline. I feel right. like the demand is less than it used to be, actually, for sure. Yeah, I actually have it written down. So, last, I, last in 2021, they sold 11,115 models. 11,000, how many? 11,115 cars. That's not a lot. Yeah. For a modern car brand. That's true, but it is steady, and I mean, they are selling luxury cars here. That's true. I mean, when each of your models cost $200,000. Minimum. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can see some logic in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in 1920, post-World War uh, Enzo is driving for Ferrari now. He's no longer a mechanic, or Alfa Romeo, sorry. But uh, sh- like he proves himself as a race car driver, and he also proves himself as a mechanic, he proves himself as being kind of a savant around cars. So much so that Alfa Romeo delegates him his own scuderia, mm. which translated to English is stable. Yeah. Like horses. <laughs> because uh, as uh, Evan was talking to me about this before the episode started, before we hit record, that uh, they called him stables because at the turn of the century, horses were more associated with cars than they were just being horses. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, at this point, Enzo grew, was born in 1898. He saw the transition from horses to cars as he grew older. So, like, when he see he, like, thinks of, like, horses, in, well, we would maybe think as a classic car now, today's as, like, young, as young people, maybe, like, as something from the 60s or 70s. Sure. He would think of a classic car as a classic horse. <laughs> so, that, 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 that's what he likes. You guys, bro, they got them white ones. Ooh. Oh, gay! Okay. Have you ever heard of an 1860s black one? That's a good-looking horse. Man, those black Arabians were really ripping it around the track yesterday. You guys should have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this transition. I mean, it's no wonder there's a horse as the logo for Ferrari. Yeah. The origin of that horse really wasn't because of that uh, uh, correlation between horses and cars. It was because of a, a diplomat that was very close friends with Ferrari. Um 
she, I think she was a baroness or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had a son who died in World War Two. No, World War World One. War I. Yeah, she he died in World War One, and his trademark was the dancing or the prancing stallion. Yeah, it was on his uh, airplane. He was a pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you go on the Wikipedia page, you can find photos of um, the guy standing in front of his airplane with the black stallion. Right. So it was kind of always this funny thing because at races and stuff, they would paint the black stallion on because the Baroness said, "If you painted this on your cars, it shall bring you luck." Mm-hmm. I mean, and it did. <laughs> I mean, but I would kind of find it weird. So, like, imagine explaining this to Ferrari. All right, listen. You paint the stallion, yeah. which is the mark of my son, right? who was very unlucky in World War One and got shot down in a plane. And he'll gain you luck forever. Yeah, but, I mean, it's lucky, though, because it's a horse and it's dancing. So, like, maybe if you said, like, paint this rabbit on your on your, on your your um, car, maybe that'd be... I mean, to me, that seems like, oh, it's fast. Hey, re- it's hey lucky. remind me who won the race, the tortoise or the hare? Well, I don't see them painting tortoises on their cars either. I feel like that'd give uh <laughs> I feel like that's that's just, just inherently Yeah, bad. That, that's just not a good idea. Honestly, we should write that down. We should make a car brand with like a bunny or like a rabbit. Unless you're like doing the thing. Unless you're like putting turtles on Jeeps, it's probably not a good place. Yeah, or Hummers. Or Hummers, yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> but this is not the Hummer episode. This is the Ferrari episode. Speaking of Ferrari so in 1929, Enzo was given his own Scuderia named Scuderia Ferrari within Team Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. Um, but Enzo himself, three years later, would stop racing in 1932. And at that same time, he separated from Alfa Romeo and founded Ferrari SPA. So mm-hmm. he was down on funds because he no longer had this large sponsor. Yeah. So he would have to resort to making road cars to pay for his racing. Ferrari SPA is actually a really fun, really creative name for uh, his car's company's like actual LLC name. Mm-hmm. In Italian, it is Societa Esercizio Fabrice Automobili e Corsa, which means Ferrari Car Factory Exercise Company and Racing. Do you think they do like shiatsu massages on Sundays? I think they get get the deep tissue on the black stallions and it just makes them go faster, all the cars. I mean, it is the Ferrari spa. So. I mean, yeah. Are they better? And I, if they don't have those hot rocks, I'm, I'm going to throw a fit. Oh, you think that's why they call it tiramisu? Because it sounds like deep tissue? And like Italian people really like espresso? I think you're reading into this a little too much. I think I'm onto something here. Tiramisu, deep tissue... Kalamazoo, the college, they are funding the Italians. Get them out of the country. I'm sorry. We apologize. If you go to college at Kalamazoo, write into the show, and we will not dox you. I promise. I'll tell you what. As our treat, if you send us a DM on our Instagram and prove that you go to Kalamazoo College and give us an idea of what to do for our next episode, we will take it and we will use it. All right, that'll make up that. That'll be our reparations for my, yes. my, my Thank rant. Thank you, here. our Kalamazoo College listeners. <laughs> so as I mentioned, uh, Ferrari had to start selling cars, but it would be a long time since Ferrari, the LLC, is created till the first car is made. In 1947, right after World War II, the first car came out. It was called the Ferrari 125S. This car is old, but it. It's weird. Yeah. I've seen this thing in person. It is 
It's hard to define. It's not a bad-looking car. No, it really isn't. It's not. I mean, it's a Ferrari. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, like, performance-wise, is a really weird layout. So it was a 1.5-liter V12, but it only made 120 horsepower. But it was able to rev to 6,800 RPM. But it was only two valves. Wow. But it had three double-pump carburetors. <laughs> so you have, like, really bad engine layout, but also really good engine layouts. It's it's really tough. Like I couldn't th- if someone were just to put this on paper and show this to me, I would say you're you're insane. Why yeah. why would we ever let this go? That's like if you like if I just ate a Chinese like four course meal and then you handed me a chocolate pudding, I'd be like, I both I like both of these things, just not together. Yeah, but I mean like this is not anyone handing in this piece of paper. This is Enzo Ferrari. And if Enzo Ferrari hands you a sheet of paper you giving you these en- engine specs, you do it. You do it. Every time. No, there's no arguing. Yeah. Yeah. No matter the cost. <laughs> so Ferrari's making these road cars to fund their racing team, and Ferrari's most infamous for their journey in F one. And they only joined in 1950, uh, two years a- or three years after their conception of their first car. Yeah. So their first year, 1950, they really didn't accomplish much. They were just getting the ropes of everything. I mean, they they weren't unfamiliar to racing, but F1 was a whole different sport. Mm-hmm. But in 1951, they won their first race. Uh, the pilot or the driver. I say pilot because those things were practically death machines back then. Oh, yeah. Uh, his name was Froilan Gonzalez. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. But he was racing a 375 F1 model Ferrari at Silverstone. And he won first oh, place. Wow. P1, baby. <laughs> so that was the only race for the year, as I'm aware of. I'm sure they got podiums elsewhere. But mm-hmm. in 1952, they won the big Cajona. I mean, they won the Grand Prix, the championship. Everything they won it. Wow! They entered all seven races at the time, and they won all seven races. That's pretty insane. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like that's total domination. That's practically undoubtedly. If the only comparison I can think of off rip is like the R thirty two GTR in touring races, where it won like a majority of them. It didn't win all of them. It won a majority of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can compare a season like that to anything in the modern day. But maybe the 1985 Bears, but they did win. But I mean, they did lose one game. There you go. That's your that's your imperfection. Against the Dolphins. Ooh, yikes! That's a bad look. Yeah, but that was 1985. Go, go Chicago Bears. Okay, I, I like football. I've been to a couple Bears games. They're not good, but I like the Bears. Uh, you got root for the home team. You got to root for the home team, even if they're bad. Yeah, I mean. And that's why Ferrari still has so many fans in modern-day F1. And that's why I still love Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ferrari is known for their racing. I, I, everybody knows that. Uh, in total, they've won 15 races, uh, 15 Grand Prix championships, constructor championships in F1 across history, 15 times, which is one of the top scoring teams of all time. Yeah. What about their um uh, what about off the track? How'd they do in like the fifties and sixties? Well, it's pretty good. <laughs> really? They sold a good bit of Ferraris, but they don't really didn't make that many cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, they built this image of having the fastest, best handling the cars, and at a point they were having trouble keeping up with the demand that they had created. Wow. So only way to come out of that demand is to jack up the prices. But everyone was willing to pay the high prices. Yeah. So it was really just a matter of expanding and growing Ferrari to meet those demands. 
But Enzo himself didn't want to get too out of control trying to be like Henry Ford or something. He wasn't trying to create millions of cars. Yeah. He was trying to make thousands of great cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like he had the the GTC4 Lusa, which is considered one of the best GT cars of all times. Mm-hmm. He had the 250 California. Everyone loves the 250 California. 250 GTO, which is a little bit later, but yeah. that was – it used to be the highest-selling auction car of all time. Yeah, no, it was massive. Was it $50 million, if I'm remembering correctly? It was something around there. It was it was practically insane. Yeah. The 250 Testarossa, which is not far behind from the no, uh, like highest-selling in auction. Uh, yeah, no, that was 60s. That's what it thought. was really fast. And then in the 50s, they also had the Ferrari Barchetta. Barchetta is most similar to their first car. Yeah. But it's totally different. And actually, the hood. it means small boat. Really? Yeah, Barchetta. Bar- does it, it does it look like a boat? I mean... It doesn't really look like a boat to me. It doesn't really look like a boat. Well, let's see. What, what does a 1950s boat look like? Uh, those look like modern speedboats. You speed searched boats. up 150S boat. My bad. <laughs> Maybe there's a 150S boat. Uh, Actually, it kind of does. Okay. That, I, I, that one's pretty similar. I'm not gonna... I see a lot of... In the, so, like, look at a 1950s oh, boat. Oh, okay. That's the car right there. Never mind. It looks exactly Charlie like Charlie is pointing to a hunk of junk rotting away in a what looks to be a garage built in maybe, I'd say, 30 B.C. Mm, i give it 29. Yeah, about, <laughs> about as much. But uh, so look I guess at, it, look it does look like a little boat. I'll give it to them. They're pretty clever on the names. Just, we'll, probably, we'll put this on the Instagram. Look okay. at a... Um, uh, a, fi- a wooden 50s boat and the fi- and the Ferrari Barchetta together. Pretty similar. Yeah. This is actually a really, really weird time because uh, Ford kind of wanted to buy Ferrari. Ford? Yeah, Ford. They were in talks. This is, well, if you've ever seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari, we've talked about it before. Yeah, here. they were in talks. About they were, they were going to purchase Ferrari because Ferrari was going bankrupt because they couldn't sell enough cars. They couldn't make enough cars. Yeah, no, it was absolutely insane. And, like, you know, to get to uh court this relationship so to speak they sent a barchetta actually to ford they really did yeah oh i didn't know that so and this there's rumors about the special barchetta it's a black barchetta black black. they didn't make ferraris in black well ford made fords in black so they made a ferrari in black to show or ford and ferrari bingo wow this thing also had white wall tires which was pretty neat classic if Actually, this car is really special because it is in mint condition. Even the tires have not been changed. So he's got like what zero tread wear? Basically, they have put. I bet you there's like, like not one mile on that car. No, there's it's actually been, there's actually they still drive it. They drive it. I don't know why. How would how do they drive? I why would they drive that? You are asking many questions, which I don't have the answer to because I do not own this car. I'm not one to say like don't drive your car. I'm the opposite. I say if you buy a car, you should drive it. Yeah, but some pieces are just pieces of history that aren't meant to be driven. Like if you have a um, Shelby Cobra with six miles on it, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be driving that. But yeah. if you have a Shelby Cobra with sixty thousand miles, go ham. Yeah, drive it on the weekends. Do some burnouts in the local Target parking lot. Mm-hmm. You know, do whatever you want. But I also want to talk something special about this Barchetta because this Barchetta was in the same room when they were designing the T-Bird. And if you look at the Ford T-Bird... Don't tell me that it took styling choices from the Barchetta. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. So, now this is not confirmed. No, there's no way. They're totally different. Well, that's what I thought. But then I took a look and I'm like, oh my God. 
Maybe they actually did. But the T-Bird was so angular, it had large fins. It was a boat of a car. Well, see... Oh, no. So was, this is the one that I'm talking about. It was a boat of a car, Evan. Yep. T-Birds were boats of cars. Barquetta means little boat. Now you're getting it. No way. All right. So we're uh, right now, no, I'm typing this in to show it. That's not... Oh, what? I know Ford is sleazy, but that's sleazy. Oh my so, god, it looks so similar. You don't think of it until you see it. So, okay, so, Marquetta. Oh my, oh my god, it looks like the same thing. It looks like if a cobra and a T-bird had a baby. It, like, once you see it, you will, you can never unsee it. Oh my god. Just how similar these two cars are. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. It is insane how similar these two cars are. I, th- I mean, we all, everyone knows that, like, the styling of early American cars has always been influenced by, like, Europe. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. It was pretty much just dumbed down and, like, s- squared out, I guess. Yeah. They made everything a little bit more sharp in the U.S. Uh-huh. But I did not think it would be to that extent. I think it's also really cool how you can, like, point a direct comparison. It's... This gift to Henry Ford II. Yeah. To... The new to the T bird. I bet you they save millions of dollars in like styling and development. They are dead ringers. I mean, they're, it, they're like you close. said, it's literally just like if you like put a sander on the on the curves and just made them like really yeah. angular. Yeah, it's even they even got the white walls too. Yeah, it's the same car and yeah. the same wheels, the same wire wheels. Well, I think most cars had wire wheels back then, but still. Well, yeah, I think it's this is I think that's one of my favorite stories about. Ford and Ferrari, mm-hmm. how just how similar that, like literally where the T bird came from. Yeah. So I mean that's crazy, but that that's pretty much the origins of Ferrari, their early beginnings, the fifties and sixties, where how Enzo came to be. Yeah. This now Enzo is a defined player in the automotive field. He's a player, man. He is a He's player. He's the player. He no, is the player. Nothing less. No. Oh. And he he's he's here to stay. He's here to if stay. If he doesn't for, go bankrupt for a long while, I mean, yeah, he's they've had their share of financial problems, but they couldn't have any more. That's true. I mean, come on, they're Ferrari. They don't go bankrupt. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, we're gonna take a short break, and we'll have your answers to that question. And we're gonna be talking about seventies, eighties, and uh, and we're also gonna be talking about modern Ferraris too. We've talked about our favorite cars from the past twenty years. Yeah, we're really excited about that. All right. All right. We'll see you guys in the second half. Welcome back to the Speed Demons Podcast. That was a great break. Okay, my turn. Oh, wow, he actually cracked his knuckles. I did. I, I actually wasn't sure if that was going to work, so I'm really Wait, happy. Let me it. just do my patented knuckle cracking technique. Okay. Call it the double knucks. <clears throat> what you do is you make a fist on both of your hands, and you interlock your knuckles between each other, and you do a motion of pushing into each other, kind of in a swooping J motion coming from your, your wrist, and then you just do this. Ooh, that's pretty Crack nice. every knuckle at the same time. I like that. that. That sounded really good. Beautiful. All right. So here we go. Now, we're talking a lot about Ferrari dominance in racing and how important that was and how, like, they were they were the kings. But now, Ferrari was starting to get some competition. What do you mean? Things were heating up. There were, like, I mean, right out of the 60s, Lamborghini dropped the Mura. Yeah, that that's a pretty tough blow, being considered one of the best-looking cars of all time. Best-looking, fastest, best driving. It is It was. It is and was considered to be the... It, it's a work of art. It truly, 
Undoubtedly. Yeah. But that wasn't even all. For uh, like Lamborghini showed off the Countach in '74. Amazing car, a beautiful, one of the best cars made of all time. Um, the in 1976, Lotus comes out with the Aspira. One considered one of the best UK cars of all time. And then in 1978, BMW drops the M1. Considered one of the best BMWs all of all time. So you got some tough competition coming yeah. from all fronts. Yeah, except for America. America in the '70s. We're, we're well. I mean. Early seventies is amazing. Late seventies were kind of trickling on the racetrack, though. Well, our races were different, you know. They were circles. We went okay. They were circles. Hey, hey, ovals. They're ovals. My apologies. They got high banks. They do have high banks. Kind of like very tall businesses that also have banks in them, or like a velodrome. Uh, that's my favorite dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the cars. So. I think one of the most important models that came out around this time was the Ferrari Dino. It was named after his son, right. who died of muscular dy- dystrophy at right. age 24, yep. and it used his V6 engine yes, that the, was invented so long ago. The Dino developed a V6. Indeed, but it used a more modern body styling, and it was still really quick, and it was it was like... It was the last time that they used the V6. Thinking of it, it kind of looks like a Datsun 240Z, doesn't it? I'm not. I'm not going to answer that. It it does. I mean, the styling cues are there. Okay, pull up these two photos. I mean, 240Z. It's got that bug-eyed look, the sloping hood. It's got the plastic bumpers for the later years, and then you look at the Dino. Oh, that's I looked up Dino Senior Ferrari death. My bad. <laughs> Autocorrect is a crazy thing, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see it. Okay. The recessed headlights. Show, show them together. Show the, them together real quick. The slooping body style. The rear end with that kind of funky shaped quarter panel. I can kind of see it. It's got that hard body line right on the door. I feel like it's fender. not as close as the Barchetta, but I can. It's I not. Can, I, I can see it. I, I can see I it. I see. I think Japan might have taken a couple notes. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it's kind of all they do, but mm. nah, <laughs> let's continue. No. So another one, big one, is their... Ferrari Berlinetta. This is a big car. Like the high heel. There's a high heel called the Berlinetta? I think so. We're not women, if you couldn't tell by now. So Hey, you just assume my gender? Get in the comments. Get Evan kicked off the podcast. He assumes genders and is a homophobe. I have known you for like six years, and you've never told me otherwise. So, do I have to explain my gender to every person I meet, Evan? Not inherently, but I do consider myself a dude, though. So, fair enough. There we go. Um, so the Berlinetta was a big car for the time because it was Ferrari's first mid engine car. They were looking at the success of the Mura and the Countach and how they were both mid engine cars and they wanted something big, so they put a flat 12. In the as a mid-engine car for you mean, a Ferrari. You mean a V12? No, a flat 12. They made flat 12s? They made a flat 12 for this car. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like but, a really hard... Hey, hey remember what we said at the beginning. If Enzo Ferrari gives you a sheet of paper with engine specs, what do you do? You make it. You make but, it. But, like, think about it. From a logistical standpoint, if it's in the middle of the car... And it's a flat, I mean, if you look at a Subaru, which are flat fours, those are hard enough to work on anyways. Multiply that by three and throw it in the middle of the car. 
That sounds impossible to work on. Have Ferraris ever been known to be easy to work on? But I mean, come on. You probably have to drop the whole car out of the subframe. Welcome to working at a Ferrari. When I go to a... I'm, so, I've been at Ferrari workshops for, and that's all they do. They just drop the engine out of the car because there's just like... That's stupid. There's no point in just working on it inside the car. They just take the whole thing out. They, they just accept defeat. Like, we're not getting to this yeah, thing. That, they're like, all right. We, we know where this is going. So, might as well just might get as well. the car. Just get it done with. So... That's just how it is. But sure enough, this flat 12 um, competed and beat the Mura and the Countach. Damn. It was fast. Dams are what beavers use to prevent rivers from flowing. Indeed they are. Yes. So another one, which I a lot of people love, but not by this name, is the Ferrari 365 GTB4. Oh, but- that's my favorite. What is that? <laughs> That is most commonly known as the Ferrari Daytona. Oh, okay. I know the Daytona. So the Daytona is actually a nickname. Ferrari never put it on, on like their name on their car as like the but, name. But it's the Ferrari Daytona, so it's it's that's probably what it was. Yeah, well that's what that's what people called it because it got a one, two, three of the twenty four hours of Daytona. It's just that's just a nickname then? Yeah, just a nickname. Oh. Yeah, they it's literally only a nickname. So it because it got a one, two, three. In the 1967 finish of the 24 Hours of Daytona. I can't think of any other, like, Ferraris that have nicknames. Neither can I. Like, that's, like, that's pretty uncommon because Ferrari is usually pretty, like, I wouldn't say innovative with their names, but it's definitely original. But if I had a Ferrari, I'd give it, like, a really funny nickname. Some some that, like, make other Ferrari owners mad. Like, I'd name my, like... Ferrari Alfredo? No, no, no. Like, the, like his father, <laughs> but also the pasta? No, no, no. I would name it after, like... Uh, I'm, I name it after like a British person's name, like Ferrari I call, Churchill. I call, no, he's like, this is my Ferrari. Uh, like, this is my 2014 Ferrari Portofino. Is, did they make Portofinos in 2014? Uh, no, 2017. 20, my tw- This is my 27 Ferrari Portofino. I name him George. <laughs> you mean you're giving the name car uh, the car's name? I call him George. I think people do that though. That's that's a normal thing. Who to names do. a Ferrari George? You know, maybe it's like I'll be the first person. Maybe to name Georgie. That's a little more Italian sounding. No, but no one names the Ferrari George. And that's my. That's gonna be my Ferrari's name. So <laughs> let me just give you a couple specs of why this Daytona was great. So again, we're gonna pit this against the Mira. So the Daytona had a max speed of 174 miles an hour. Damn, dang, is what bang bang is the sun that guns make in old westerns? Yeah, it is the sound they make. And the Mira had a max speed of 172 miles per hour. On the quarter mile, the Mira got 14.5 seconds. A little slow, but okay. The Daytona got 13.8. Which is pretty good. I mean, most model cars, like cars today, can hit 13.8. Remind me, what your car got in the quarter mile? Oh, you know. uh... What was that again? Oh, it was uh, 16 seconds. What was that? Well, it didn't have the turbo. The turbo <laughs> seals are blown, so <laughs> it's not making any boost. But, 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 but what was that again? It's NA right now. No, so. no, but just just tell me, just so the audience knows. Yeah, I really I, don't remember the number. I, I mean, was I it have, like sixteen point eight? No, no, it was no. So a car that was like six, it was less than that. That was it like was, it was it was sixteen seconds. Sixteen point three? No, sixteen flat. Sixteen flat. Okay. All right. It was NA. Didn't the turbo <laughs> seals are blown? Hey, well, now that you got them fixed, I'd like to see it on there. I'm also, again. running dry rotted tires, so mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. 
is Mr. Excuses over here. Okay. Anyways. So, you did not have to change your oil this afternoon. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're right. Well, now we're going to talk a bit about racing. I, I Ferrari, love me some racing. Ferrari, of course, he made his company because he wanted to race cars. Yeah. He, he's The infamous quote is, Ferrari sells cars to go racing. Ford sells or, or goes racing to sell cars. Yes. Yeah. That's really it. And they made the Ferrari 312T, which is the most successful Ferrari F1 car of all time. Mm -hmm. This thing had 515 horsepower maximum. What year was this? This was like, or this like was their 70s car. 70s? It was making how much power? 515 horsepower. Making 500 horsepower in the 70s? Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. This was driven by Nicky Lauda. Oh, infamous. And this car raced 90 races. So out of those 90 races, it had 27 wins, 61 podiums, 19 pole positions. Oh, no, sorry. All right. 90 races. Right. 27 wins. Okay, a third of their races they won. Yeah. 61 podiums. Two-thirds of their races they got on the podium. One, two, three. Mm -hmm. Well, no. One, two, or three. Yeah, one, two, or three. And then 19 pole positions. That is impressive. But 25 also fastest laps. 25 fastest laps? Yeah. Wow. So these, I mean, of course, like, of course, this is not like, they're not racing seven laps in a season here, but like they're they're really sweeping up the race. This is the their most successful F1 car ever. And this isn't the 50s where there were seven F1 races. This is a complicated championship now. There are multiple there there and this is not like oh we're just like going to race a couple a couple little name of time but these are real brands they're racing against. Right. These are some top dogs. I was going to say top dogs. Well, I said it first. All right. Well, beat you to it. So, in uh 1969, I have to mention Nice. Yes. We were talking a little we ended it about um Ferrari was having some money troubles. Yeah. So what Fiat did is they took 50% of a stake in Ferrari. To, that's, that's a whole lot of shares. That is a lot of shares. But they let Enzo keep his racing. Which is the only condition he really wanted, honestly. Yeah. He didn't care about the production cars he made. Yeah. I what? mean, he cared about them. But he cared. He, 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 he it wanted, was all for the racing. He wanted them to be quality cars so that they wouldn't tarnish the Ferrari name. But he was not focusing on the performance of those cars. He was focusing on the racing. Exactly. And uh, so in 1973... Um, Ferrari retires from sports car racing. So when they're racing with those open top or those touring cars, mm -hmm. they just totally retire from because their cars just weren't reliable for it. That's just the basic. And they didn't want to tarnish their reputation. So they just focused on F1. I think they only joined like in 2010 and up, mm -hmm. like rejoined like GT3 racing. Yeah. That's no. fairly, fairly recent. Really recent. But it was, but they just wanted to focus all the racing on F1 just to really focus on it. Yeah. So now we're going to go into the 80s. So 1980s, uh, there were, it was, did not start too well. What do you mean with the hip new craze of hip hop and things like jorts? Don't think Enzo, And Back to the Future? I don't think Enzo Ferrari, about to turn 90 years old, was really into hip-hop. You don't think Enzo Ferrari was rocking a pair of jorts in the 80s? I really don't. I 100% guarantee you he did. All right. If you guys can find us, um, find me a photo of Enzo Ferrari and jorts. If you can find that, then hmm, what should I do? I will make you give me your car for a day. All right. Vice Deal. versa too. Deal. If they can't find one. Deal. 
All right, I'll take that. Um, so he's right, like Jill Villeneuve. Oh, I didn't want to take that. Was a bad bet. Why did I do that? Jill Villeneuve died while racing, and this was a very, very good race car driver, and um, he sadly um, passed away. Back and, then, a lot of race car drivers died, though. In, in the 80s, though, they were starting to clean up their act. Stuff was getting safer, and this was just not... This was a really, really bad accident. I was telling Evan uh, before the podcast, the reason these tracks and these uh, regulations got more strict was because of Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, because the Catholic Church in Vatican City wrote a news article about how Ferrari makes death machine cars. Because they've been killing all their drivers. So Enzo is being pretty much shunned by the entire Catholic religion. <laughs> so rather than that throwing a hissy him. fit, it did not stop him. He went to each of the tracks that his drivers died at and demanded stricter uh, regulations and better track conditions so that cars wouldn't go flying off his, the tracks. Yeah, those tracks were undeniably terrible for the time. Like, yeah. they, would, they just weren't changing the tracks. No. They would make these tracks and, like, Back when these cars were pushing like 15 horsepower and then they just wouldn't change it for like 30, 40 years. Yeah, you've got cars that are making 20 times that amount of horsepower Literally or more. just talking about the Ferrari 312T, which made 515 horsepower. Yeah, it's it's multiples of that amount of horsepower and they didn't alter the tracks at all. No, not at all. But this is still bad. And then they also had a almost fatal accident by Didier Peroni. I don't know if I'm saying these names right. I think they're French. So, so if if for those of you don't don't speak or speak don't speak French, it is Didier Peroni. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and so it was not too hot. They Ferrari were... also comes out with the worst car that Ferrari has ever made, and this is like there, there's a lot of contests. What's the best Ferrari ever made? But there's not really much of a contest. California T. It's a solid one. That's a bad car. What is it? All right, it's the Ferrari Mondial. I've never heard of it. There's a good reason. <laughs> so it was just terrible looking, and it was not fast, and it was not reliable. Now, so people, what made it a Ferrari then? Well, because Ferrari, so it was like people were like, okay, so Fiat now has fifty percent of the stake in the company, right? And so they are like, all right, we want to make some cars that people will actually be able to buy, so that we, we can actually make money with this company. So the Mondial is what they go for. It's uh-huh. cheaper. That's their whole thing. But they sacrificed a lot of stuff. And people who bought Ferraris didn't didn't like this one bit. People bought Ferraris for quality. So, so it's, it's the pretty much the Porsche 928 of Ferrari. Exactly. People were, were, didn't mind paying this, this money if they got the quality that was promised. And they usually did, but not for the Mondial. The Mondial was complete garbage. Yeah. Everyone hated it. They they weren't they were totally fine paying these prices if they got that quality. But they just didn't find it in the Mondial, so no one liked it. So no success in the production car market. Yeah, it just it just was really worse. It was, it was just way worse. But okay. they did have a couple hits. Mm. The 288 GTO. Of course. Which is a great car. It was, a, it was meant to be a turbocharged rally car for Class B. Well, really? I didn't know it was made for like as a homologation car. It was meant at, for rally. Ferrari, they wanted to bring Ferrari into the rally scene. Could you imagine seeing a Ferrari rally car today? I could not. I, I, <laughs> I could not. But, like, this car actually had some great stats and was really ready for Class B rallying. They wanted to focus on Class B because there was just, like, no rules no. for Class B. You could get away with anything. Yeah. Like, here, let me just read what this thing Well, you, you wouldn't get away. They would cut you down with the rules, but if they didn't catch you, you could get away with anything. 
Yeah. So they this car was turbocharged. Mm-hmm. It had 400 horsepower. Nice. 2.9 liter V8. Ooh, what? That's a weird stat. Yep. That's a very low bore. That's what I thought. That's why I noted it down. Also, 0 to 60 time in 4.9 seconds. Wow. That's fast for even today. Yeah. But since Group B was canceled, it was, the project was just obsolete. So they just made it and kept it as road cars. Like, so they were like, well, we can't go racing. Might as well sell it as a road car. Yeah. And they did. And people love this car. People still love it today. Um. All right. And then there's another car that deserves to be mentioned. Which a lot of people love today. Like this, what this is probably something that your dads had posters of in their rooms. The Ferrari Testarossa. Oh, I was gonna say Dolly Parton. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on how old your dads are. I guess that's true. Okay. But I guarantee your dads have posters of Ferrari Testarossas. Okay. These things were sharp. They were sporty. They were focused on comfort and performance. People love these things because you know they were they were actually they were really uh they were. They're meant for people to drive, not to be raised in, more or less. And people liked it to drive to like drive around. And the styling on these cars is one of the like definitive car designs of the era. It's that classic wedge style. Yeah, this is also really based on the Berlinetta, which I talked about before in the last decade. And it, at the time, it was one of the fastest cars you could buy. Mm-hmm. No, nonstop, and it was priced generally reasonable. Even today, people compare modern sports cars to the Testarossa as like a baseline test, <laughs> yeah. it, which is crazy considering it's f- what almost fifty years old now. Yeah, no, I think they stopped production in ninety one. Yeah, so that's at most thirty. Yeah, that's crazy, but that's still like the the, the standard. Mm-hmm. Now we're gonna get to the swan song of Ferrari. Mm. The year is nineteen eighty seven. There is not been a lot going on in Ferrari. People are complaining. Ferrari doesn't make the fast cars they used to. They're slow. They're just meant for for comfort, and they're just not. They're just like this is not the Ferrari I I bought in the sixties. Enzo is pissed off. He is ninety years old, and he is fuming. And he's like, "Screw this! We are making a car that is fast above all else. This thing will go." As fast as humanly possible. I do not care about any comforts. Nothing. Just make this go as fast as it possibly can. This was, and this car is debatedly, actually not really. No, this is pretty widely considered. Widely considered to be the greatest Ferrari of all time. Some consider maybe the greatest car of all time. Yes. The Ferrari F40. This was the last car officially approved by Enzo Ferrari. Enzo would die in 1988, the year right after. Right. He and never got to see it come into fruition in, never the, mar- did. in the market, did he? No, he didn't. And this this car was named the F40 because it was the 40th anniversary of Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So this car, let me give you some stats. Okay. Shoot. For, so the 0 to 60 was... Almost exactly four seconds flat. That's fast. Yes. So, and the the max speed could hit just about 200 miles per hour. So 300 kilometers per yes. hour? Okay. 480 horsepower. Which is like, not, that's, that's modest numbers, but it's such high performing. Yeah. This was focused on going fast with what they could at the time. Well, it was so light, though, too, right? Also, I just thought I mentioned 426 pounds per feet of torque. 426 pounds? Yes. Dang. That is 
monstrous. You could twist the chassis with that amount of torque. Yes. That's like Fast and the Furious level. But you can't <laughs> twist a Ferrari with that torque because this thing was built to be as fast as possible. Ferrari wanted to prove that he still had it, and he did. And then Liberty Walk got it. They chopped it up, put fender flares on it, and a front splitter, and then called it a work of art. <laughs> what did? You, what's your opinion on that? They took uh, one of the best, considered one of the best cars of all time, and made it a stance car. Okay, I feel like why an F forty? Every part of me, the every like part of me that loves history, every part of me that loves cars, every part of me that knows what a ferrari is meant to be tells me that that's like the worst thing you could possibly do it truly is and then i see it i'm like why do i like this i hate myself for liking it looks good i can't say it doesn't look good but it it feels wrong i couldn't drive it if you gave me the keys i couldn't drive it i was i could drive it but speak for you metaphorically i couldn't drive it yes no if someone's giving me the keys i'm like i'm taking it and i'm running away before they have a chance to say get it back so this the f40 is a widely considered as one of the greatest cars of all time but we're talking like what 20 years later or 10 years later now we're into early 2000s and modern day ferrari which is very different yeah so let's just i'm going to give a brief rundown of sort of some stuff that happened after enzo so basically fiat buys 90 percent of their shares schumacher dominates in f1 mm-hmm. um and then they and then Ferrari separates from for, from the parent organization of fiat and uh they still release models now with steadily improving sales and they have six current models out now so here comes a section where me and Charlie share our favorite models of Ferraris. Would you like me to go first? Yeah. Do you think we should take a break right now? No, I think we're good to go. All right, let's I do this then. I think we're revved up and ready. We're, we are revved up. Let's go. All okay. right. So my Ferrari is... Oh, by the way, we don't know each other's Ferraris. We don't. We never discussed it. We've yes. been trying to guess them, but we, we can't. We, yeah. we Neither of us have gotten it. Mm-hmm. My Ferrari isn't the... It's not what people think of when they think Ferrari, but it is Ferrari. My car is the Ferrari La Ferrari. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't get this. This is that's a great choice. It is it was made from 2013 to 2018, uh having, having convertible models in 2018, 2017. Um but this car was just a moving work of art. The engineering behind it uh, it took inspiration from F1 cars, not only in its styling, but in its performance as well. It had the most powerful, naturally aspirated engine ever put in a Ferrari road car. And it was aided by an electric motor uh, using the Hikers hybrid system from F1 cars. Wow. That added almost 150 more horsepower from the 800 from the V12, which is incredible 950 horsepower in 2013 was unheard of yeah that's literally almost impossible and this followed the classic dino formula that enzo ferrari put forth yeah rear wheel drive mid-engine car it could rev up to 9250 rpm it's like one of the highest revving like engines ferrari ever made that wasn't like a full-on race car and it could go to 125 miles per hour in seven seconds, 6.9 if you want to be technical, with a top speed 
of 218 miles per hour. Damn. Not necessarily the fastest top speed ever, but amazing for the time. Absolutely insane. Yeah. But it was so ahead of its time taking this inspiration from F1 cars. It had features like active aero and performance driver assists, like stability, stability control, ECS, and like performance dampening on their suspension. Things that weren't coming in any performance or sports cars. And what I'll leave you with is that the LaFerrari, translated in English, is the Ferrari. And I think that's an apt name because it's not just a Ferrari. It's the Ferrari. That's that's a really great choice. All right. You might not know this one, but this one is one of, if not my favorite Ferrari of all time. Okay. This is the Ferrari Monza SP2. Never heard of it. That's what a lot of people tell me. So this car is basically... A, oh, is this the one without the window? This is the one without the windshield. This is bad car. I love this one. I had this beautiful piece planned out and okay. Okay. So the the Ferrari Monza is a is basically it's in ref it's re, in reverence to their old road racing days when they would just take their Barquettas and these smooth smooth fifties cars out on the tr- out on the roads and they would race them. This is what this car is all about. So let me give you a couple stats here. This has a classic Ferrari V twelve engine, of course. Which I know you were complaining this better of a V12, and it does. Mm-hmm. So this had a zero to sixty-two mile per hour range of two point nine seconds, Fast. at a max speed of one hundred eighty-eight miles per hour. Fast, indeed. So this it's been built to feel more like a road-going car, and it is amazing. From everyone who's driven it, they love it. It's a true contemporary take on the modern sports car. So this thing has a sleek air design. It has. 8,900 RPMs, mm-hmm. um, compression ratio of 13.6 to 1, yeah. displacement of 396.41 cubic inches, wheelbase of 107.1 inches, and it has an F1 seven-speed dual-clutch transmission. Same as the LaFerrari, DCT seven-speed. It is sweet. It's got what you got. But it also, but it's in more of a um, a classic road-going way. I think the LaFerrari is close as is as close as you can get to an F1 car in a road car, and the Monza is as road car as you can get in a Ferrari. I think that's very true. I think they both at, bring in the essence of Ferrari in different ways, and I think they're really, really good. So Ferraris don't get talked about too much in modern society. They don't because they've been kind of underperforming in the car market, quite honestly. They have been compared to their competitors like Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. But we gotta we gotta put in a word for Ferrari. Like you don't see, you only see young guys driving the the Lamborghinis, the but you never see an old guy driving a Lamborghini. They're always in Ferraris. It's you have to respect the history behind Ferrari. You can like Lamborghinis, but you have to realize that there's. Besides that, like classic Lamborghini story of Enzo turning down a Lamborghini, it's just there's not much to it. But when you look at Ferrari, there's so much rich history and culture that goes into these cars. Yeah, these are designed to be the best of their class, and they've always maintained that. Now, granted, with Enzo not at the helm, it's been it's been it's not been perfect. It's been a little lackluster when we have the appearance of hypercars, Koenigseggs, Paganis, Bugattis. Yeah, these cars are breaking limits that Ferraris can't touch. They and yeah, and I think Ferrari just far. Some people think Ferrari's been left behind in the dust, but I don't think so. I think Ferrari is keeping its roots, and they're not going to change for anyone or I think, anything. I just think I think Ferrari needs to adapt to the times a little bit more. 
mm-hmm. but I can respect that they hold their morals close to them. They, they, yeah, I mean, they've never changed their their. Uh, they've always kept the stallion. They they keep that yellow prancing or black prancing horse on that yellow background yeah. with the red, white, and green to represent Italy. Mm-hmm. They are a company of heritage and of class. Truly, it they are above. They are head and shoulders above so many other car manufacturers. Just like the shampoo. (laughs) And with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening to our third episode of the podcast. Check out our Instagram at, uh, at the speed demons podcast. And, uh, if you have any, um, uh, questions or you want to give us ideas for a show, just send us a message there and thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a good night.